Today on Locked On NFL Scouting, a look into my personal 32 bold predictions for the 2023 NFL season, one for each team. I'm submitting this anonymously before Joe gets a chance to hear it, and then he's going to do the same for me tomorrow. You are Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes, your daily podcast for NFL and college football scouting, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is better than this? It's guys being dudes. Here on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast with the Draft Dudes, I'm Kyle Krabs, one of your hosts here on the show. want to thank you guys for making us your first listen of the day. You can find us on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Shout out to our everydayers who do keep it locked in with us here on the Locked On Network because it is your team every day. Now, usually I'm joined by Joe Marino, and usually Joe Marino does the nice, big, grumbly, what's better than this guy's being news. But uh, that's it's not my style. I can't try to replicate it, so I'm not going to bother. What we are going to bother doing, though, is dividing and conquering here on this episode of Locked on NFL Scouting because Joe and I have anonymously, from each other, put together a list of bold predictions, one for each of the 32 teams across the NFL. And the objective is this. I'm going to present my list to you today. Uh, Joe has already recorded his. We're recording them at the same time, and he's going to post his tomorrow. And then we're going to listen to each other's bold predictions on the show. And then early next week, we're going to decide which ones we want to formulate the draft dudes bets on for the 2023 season. If you're new to the show or not familiar with the programming every year, Joe and I get together and we make a bunch of bets on what we have the most conviction and confidence uh, is going to play out. And we said, why don't we present them and reveal them, uh, to each other is the same time we are revealing them to the rest of our listener base. Now, the challenge with that, of course, is uh, there's 32 of these and there's two sets of 32. So getting it in one show was, was going to be impossible. So we decided, you know, Kyle's going to do a solo show. Joe's at Bill's training camp. I think he's at practice right now, uh, but I know he recorded uh, earlier this morning. So I'm posting mine today. Joe's going to post his tomorrow. Just know they were recorded in the same window before either one of us had a chance to hit each other's takes. So I'll be interested to see where Joe goes with some of these. I, I tried to apply some logic to my bold predictions, but nevertheless, it, there's a lot of um, individual player outcomes for me, statistics, performance-wise. Uh, but there are some players leaving teams, players or, or coaches leaving teams. Um so let's dive in. We're going to start with the AFC East, and this is going to be a little bit rapid fire. You're going to kind of get into the uh, the deep dive nitty gritty with this uh, when Joe and I get back together and we talk about which ones we really want to bet each other on. Uh, but if you have additional feedback for the hot takes that I am giving for your bold predictions, uh, leave it in the comment section on YouTube would be my, my suggestion. So with that in mind, the AFC East teams, the four teams, I'll list them in the order in which they finished the division last year, the Buffalo Bills, the Miami Dolphins, the New York Jets, and or the New England Patriots, and then the New York Jets. My predictions for each of the four teams in the AFC East. For the Buffalo Bills, you get your first 1,000-yard rusher since 2017, which, of course, was LaShawn McCoy. For the Miami Dolphins, it's Jalen Phillips gets as many sacks as the number that he's wearing on his jersey, which would be 15. Uh, for the New England Patriots, it's goodbye, farewell, Bill Belichick. 
And for the New York Jets, it's 1,500 yards upcoming for Garrett Wilson. I think he actually sets the Jets single-season receiving yardage record, uh, which I think Brandon Marshall holds right now. So just a quick touch point on each one of these. I could see the Bills being James Cook. I could see the Bills being Damian Harris uh, and, and Cook kind of being your receiving threat back, passing down back. I could see that going either way. Obviously, the challenge there is a lot of the Bills rushing production over the last couple of years, and Devin Singletary has been the leading rusher for the last four years. He's now in Houston. Is you have Josh Allen and his contributions in the rushing game. So I think they've they've been trying to attack this long enough now where I, I think they have a breakthrough and they have a little bit more balance offensively. Now for, for the Dolphins, Jalen Phillips, you think about the Fangio scheme, forces the quarterbacks to hold an extra half second after the snap. He probably would have doubled the sack totals last year if the quarterbacks had to hold the ball an extra half second. For the New England Patriots, expectations are high, right? And, and I understand that uh, the magnitude of Bill being close to the all-time wins record and uh, Robert Kraft kind of walking back some of the comments, I get it. But I think the Patriots are going to finish fourth in the division this year just based off the, the roster that they've put together. And the fact that they face the same tough schedule as the other three teams in the division. And then for the New York Jets, it really feels like um, Garrett's poised and in line for another big jump anyway. And then he and Aaron seem to have found a lot of chemistry very quickly. Uh, so that for me says, okay, you know, this offensive rookie of the year last year, we're, we're going to take another step. I think he's going to have a monster year because as much as I like Lazard as a complimentary receiver, I like the tight end room. We don't really know what's going on in the running back room. Are you going to get a lot of receptions back there? Probably not. We'll see. I mean, Brees Hall, when is he even going to be ready to go? So I think a lot of volume for Garrett Wilson. That's the AFC East. For the AFC North, I will read them in the order in which they finished in the division last year. The Bengals, the Ravens, the Steelers, and the Browns. For the Cincinnati Bengals, a lot of turnover in the secondary. Second-year corner, Cam Taylor-Brett leaves this team in interceptions. My Baltimore Ravens take, second-year pass rusher David Ajabo leads the team in sacks. For the Pittsburgh Steelers, this one's a little spicy, but I like it. Running back Jalen Warren surpasses 1,000 yards from scrimmage. That's from scrimmage. It's not rushing yards. Najee Harris, fantasy owners, don't come for my neck, please. And then in Cleveland, this one's also a little spicy. Elijah Moore, team's leading receiver. Those are my... AFC North hot takes. Um, Taylor Britt, it, it's really, I'm looking at the safeties and you, you see Dax Hill and Nick Scott, uh, Chidobi Wuzi coming back off of an injury. Uh, for Baltimore, they need somebody to step up. As far as being a pass rusher, I like Jabbo's pass rush profile the most. Uh, they may end up going out and getting a veteran and blowing this hot take up, but that, that's where I stand with those two. As far as Warren, man, like he, he was a really nice change of pace. And I thought he actually made more of his opportunities than Najee did. I think Najee continues to be a little bit more of a volume guy. But uh, I think Warren, Fryermuth's going to get his time. Deontay Johnson's a, a very good NFL starting wide receiver. We're all hype, obviously, because we see what George Pickens is doing in training camp with one-handed catches and all that. Um but I think Warren's in line for a pretty decent workload rushing, and I think he's got enough upside as a pass catcher that he can really push for 1,000 yards. And Elijah Moore, there I mean, there's a lot of buzz here with Elijah Moore. I think he profiles in line with 
what has really messed with Deshaun Watson in the past. We'll see Watson coming into this off this season with a full off season of getting up to speed and going through the, the full training camp process. No interruption from his work versus when he gets put in the lineup. So um, this is a little bit of an Amari Cooper age regression kind of forecast, but also a lot more of Elijah Moore forecasting him to, to what we have high expectations for uh, for him. We are going to shift gears and go to the AFC South next here on this episode of Locked on NFL Scouting. These days, every new potential hire feels like a high-stakes wager for you and your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. You can add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your profile on LinkedIn so people know that you are hiring. And simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on the candidates with just the right skills for you and your opportunity so that you could quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. That's why small businesses rank LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That is linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. So the AFC South, uh, what order did we finish? Jacksonville, Tennessee, Indianapolis, Houston was the order last year. So I'll go ahead and, and throw them back in your face in that same way. Jacksonville, Trevor Lawrence rewrites the single season team passing records. Blake Bortles currently in the driver's seat from a passing touchdowns and yardage perspective. Fun fact about Jacksonville and their, their history of quarterback play. They have not had a single quarterback in the history of the franchise have in excess of seven net yards per attempt. I think Trevor gets that one too. I think Trevor's in for a big boost. You're, you're talking mid four thousands in passing yards. You're talking mid thirties in touchdowns and seven plus net yards per attempt. I think he gets all three of those for Tennessee. Uh, this might not sound like a hot take, but when you actually put it in the perspective of historically what Derrick Henry has been able to do, it is a hot take uh, 2000 yards from scrimmage. And then you think, Oh, well, Deandre Hopkins is here. Now we have Trey Burks as a second year player or Kwonku at tight end. We kind of like that. The offensive line's not as good. Put me down. This would be the second time in his career, but put me down for Derrick Henry getting 2000 yards from scrimmage in 2023. This going with the Colts is fun. Uh, Samson Ebukam, I think he leads the team in sacks. He hasn't, I mean, he is, I think the most defensive snaps he's played for a team that he's been on is 59% of the snaps. I, I think if you get him an opportunity to take more snaps, I think he can be somebody who can push for seven through 10 sacks. And look, like right now, I'd say DeForest Buckner's probably the odds on favorite to lead the team in sacks. And I think he had eight last year. So put me down for Samson Epicon getting uh, the team lead in sacks in 2023. Now for the Houston Texans, this one's a team accomplishment. You play to win the game, right? Herm Edwards, shout out. Seven wins for the Texans. I'm going there. I can see it. I see the floor for this team, the offensive line investments. They've got youth in the defense, but they also have a defensive coach in D'Amico Ryans that I think is going to get a competitive, particularly in this division. Seven wins. 
for Houston. That's my take there. Out of the AFC West, Chiefs, Chargers, Raiders, Broncos. For the Chiefs, I'm not going to go too crazy here. Okay, so when I say this player is the leading receiver, just know that it's the leading wide receiver. And Travis Kelsey's a different animal because Travis Kelsey's a different animal. Sky Moore is the wide receiver one for Kansas City in terms of targets, receptions, and yards. That's where I sit with Kansas City. For the Chargers, um, this team from a salary cap perspective and the commitment to Justin Herbert, obviously it's it's going to change the dynamics of this roster quite a bit. What I would say is this. Uh, Keenan Allen and Austin Eckler, I think this is your last ride with the Chargers. I mean, Keenan's a, got a, a very big cap hit. They can save like $25 million by moving on. He's a player who dealt with some injuries last year. He was obviously very productive when he got back on the field, so I get it. But they drafted a wide receiver in Quentin Johnston in the first round. Feels like they're kind of priming and prepping. And then Eckler, there was a whole contract dispute this offseason. And he's going to be a 29-year-old back. They've got a ton of mileage out of. Um, I'd be surprised if he's back. So at least one of them, but I'll go with both of them because I think that there's they'll have some other big decisions to make. For the Raiders, this one's wild, but it's not that wild when you really sit down and look at what happened last year. Josh Jacobs will be the only player on this roster to have 100 yards rushing for the entire season. That might sound weird, but just hear me out. Last year, the second highest leading rusher for the Las Vegas Raiders with Derek Carr with 102. <laughs> 102 rushing yards was second on the Raiders last year. And now you took Derek Carr and put Jimmy G in his place. I don't think Jimmy G's going to put up yardage rushing the football. So if he got that kind of workload last year, he's on the franchise tag. They're, they're aspiring. They, they were aspiring to get a long-term deal done, but they didn't get it done. Now, this whole thing goes for loop if Jacobs misses games. I don't think Jacobs is going to miss games. And I think they're going to bring him back, and they're going to do what, unfortunately, teams do to backs. They're going to get every ounce of them that they can. And if they do what they did last year, I think the less athletic quarterback in Jimmy G, I think Josh Jacobs, the only player over 100 yards for the season rushing. And then the Denver Broncos, we've already seen a very unfortunate injury uh, with Tim Patrick, which sucks for him. You can't help but feel real bad for him. Um, he had a tough go last year, too, with injuries and a torn Achilles for him. So we're sending our best wishes to Tim Patrick. But with this Sean Payton offense, this I'm forecasting a little bit. But you still have Jerry Judy, who they are feeling like they're, they're really hoping to see the light bulb come on for. You still have uh, Cortland Sutton. Uh, the team had a health issue with KJ Hamler. The wide receiver room is really in flux. So you could put me down for Greg Dulcich being the leading receiver for this team. If you want to say yards, I would take yards. I feel more confident in targets, probably receptions. Put me down for Greg Dulcich. I think he's primed for a big-time breakout season this upcoming year. Which is it for the AFC.
So I hope you guys are keeping track. We got to switch gears over to the NFC side of things now. And uh, we are going to start with the NFC East. So in order that these teams finished last year, uh, no team had a losing record last season. I don't think that'll be the case again. The Eagles, the Cowboys, the Giants, and the Commanders. That's your group. For Philadelphia, Rashad Penny leads the running backs in rushing yards. Obviously, they made the moves, the, the switching out um, Miles Sanders, and that was kind of their guy last year who had a big breakout in production. I know Philadelphia also you know, going out and getting DeAndre Swift in the trade with Detroit, so I I get why there's optimism there, but I think Rashad Penny is the best player. The blockade has been availability. Well, he's on a one-year deal. I hope he stays healthy. If I'm going to get bold with Philly, I think Penny's a good place to start. I think there's a good opportunity there for him to be a really, really um, valuable player. Dallas, this is an all-time record setter. I think Micah Parsons has a legitimate chance to break the single-season sack record this year. He's got 26 and a half sacks through his first two seasons. Uh, the single season sack record, of course, is 22 and a half with Strahan and TJ Watt. I think Micah Parsons, with what else Dallas has going on defensively and Dan Quinn back, I think he's got a shot. So I'm going to put myself out on a limb and say Micah Parsons will break, will we'll have 23 sacks this upcoming season. Going, going big on that one. Now, for the Giants, uh, this is also going big. <laughs> Danny Dimes, 4K. Uh, so 4,000 yards passing for, for Daniel Jones. They've obviously made some investments with drafting Jalen Hyatt in the third round and trading for Darren Waller. Uh, you're probably, you, you do have Saquon Barkley back. They figured out a, a financial incentive for Saquon Barkley, so they have him back there and obviously his contributions to the passing game. So year two of Brian Dable, I think you have a little bit of proof of concept on what you can do offensively. Um, 4K, I mean, he was 3,200 last year, uh, which was a big jump for him. But uh, I, I think the Giants really have something here with Brian Dable. So 4K. And then for Washington, this one was a little tougher for me. I ended up settling on they have, and they end this season with two 1,000-yard receivers. Uh, and, of course, Jahan Dotson would be the second with Terry McLaurin. And Dotson put up really good numbers last year, but uh, missed a little bit of time. So uh, my forecast for, for Washington is that both of those guys surpass, in spite of the offensive line questions and the quarterback questions with Sam Howell. I think the volume in that offense, if it's going to be a good offense, is going to run through those two guys. So put me down for 1000 for each of um, Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson. We are going to finish this episode of Locked on NFL Scouting with a three-piece in the NFC with the NFC North, the NFC South, and the NFC West. And that is what we're closing with here today on this episode of the show. But before we go any further... August is here, and you know what that means. It is the official start of Fantasy Football Draft Month. Get championship ready for your home league by trying out Best Ball on Underdog Fantasy 
All you have to do is one live snake draft, no waivers, no trades. Underdog sets your best lineup every week. Try it out with Underdog's Best Ball Mania Tournament. The largest fantasy football contest in all, of all time is back, and even better with $15 million of total prizes up for grabs, including the absurd $3 million going to the winner for the grand prize. Last year, the winner drafted their team in July. So don't wait around. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the app store and sign up with promo code locked on to get your first deposit doubled up to $100. That's underdog fantasy promo code locked on. So let's, let's shift gears to the NFC North. The order in which these teams finished last year in the division, Minnesota, Detroit, Green Bay, Chicago. Minnesota, this one's this one's real easy. Uh, Justin Jefferson, two K. Oh, he this is the receiving king from last year. There was a run at it. I, I think it happens. I think I think you can put him down for two thousand yards. Uh, I think the defense in Minnesota um, is going to have to prompt the offense to continue to have to score points, continue to have to throw the ball. I have less confidence in the rushing offense. All that points to more Justin Jefferson. As far as Detroit, uh, this is a rookie take. Jameer Gibbs, speaking of underdog fantasy, if you're looking for a winner for fantasy football, I think Jameer Gibbs pushes for the 800-800 club. Kind of reminiscent of that Alvin Kamara season with New Orleans as a rookie, which he put up really, really good numbers and, and caught a ton of footballs out of the backfield. Jamison Williams obviously going to be serving a suspension, not a lot of momentum there. They don't really have a tight end worth moving the needle on. Uh, they invested in David Montgomery to bring into the backfield but still drafted in the top 20, Jameer Gibbs. Really feels like there's an appetite here for this to be a weapon for this offense. And, and I think 800 and 800 is, is a very reasonable outcome for Jameer Gibbs. I think he gets that. Uh, for Green Bay, this one's fun. Uh, it's a special teams take, so go ahead and roll your eyes if you'd like to. Keyshawn Nixon, re, Keyshawn Nixon excuse me, returns two kicks for touchdowns this year. That boy can play, man. He's... <laughs> that dude is awesome on special teams. I think he's going to be a really, really good player for Green Bay. Uh, also on defense as a nickel player, but um, the return vision that he has is just outstanding, and he's super explosive. So two return uh, touchdowns for Keyshawn Nix is my Packers hot take. Uh, and then Chicago, this one's fun. It's, it's lofty, um, but fun. Justin Fields doubles his career passing yards <laughs> through – Justin's first two seasons in the NFL, he is about 4,100 passing yards. Do I think it's reasonable that Justin, a healthy Justin Fields with um, presumably an upgraded supporting cast on the offensive line with DJ Moore being added to the wide receiver room and then you end up getting back Darnell Mooney healthy? Do I think that it's reasonable that he passes for 4,000 yards? Yes. And because of that, I'll, I'll go ahead and say, I'll go ahead and throw the extra 200 yards on top of it. And I'll say that he doubles his, his career passing yards in 2023. The NFC South. Oh, this one's a dumpster fire. I'm going to be honest with you guys. <laughs> this was the one that I had the, the hardest time with finding takes that I felt like were hot takes or bold predictions. But we got them. We're going to start with Tampa Bay. My prediction for Tampa Bay is they will repeat in 2023 as the league's worst rushing offense. Now, I understand they ran the ball less than anybody last year. They threw the ball like 800 times. So, like, I get it. But 
you are looking at a team that has a down, an undeniable downgrade at the quarterback position. I think teams are, are going to look to squeeze and pressure um, the line of scrimmage and force whoever ends up being the quarterback, presumably Baker Mayfield, to beat you in the same ways that Tom did. And I think just the inconsistencies there are going to lead to a lot more hardship. And because of that, and and Rashad White kind of being the primary guy in the backfield, and I don't feel great. They got a lot of young players on the interior. Obviously, Ryan Jensen's coming back. Um, I just think that that's, that's a group that I don't get the warm and fuzzies for. So I would say from a yards per carry perspective, they averaged 3.4 yards per carry last year. They'll finish last again in the NFL. For Carolina, J.C. Horn, uh, Pro Bowl breakout. And I, I get that's a little hot when you consider Darius Slay's here. Trayvon Diggs is here uh, in the NFC. Then you have Jair Alexander. Uh, so you got, like, you got some guys. But, but I think J.C. Horn's going to be in line for a really nice breakout. Uh, and Jalen Ramsey was the replacement Pro Bowl player last year for, one of, for Darius Slay. So uh, I think the, kind of the next in line, uh, Tariq Woolen was the other Pro Bowl corner. So I think there's there's enough of a vacancy there where J.C. Horn plays to his potential. I think he makes the Pro Bowl. Uh, for the New Orleans Saints, second-year wide receiver Chris Olave goes for 1,300 yards. Uh, I think if he's able to uh, stay healthy and available, I do think he's comfortably their best option. 1,300 yards is kind of an arbitrary number, um, but I'll throw it out there uh, for Chris Olave. Uh, just because I think with the backs that they have, they took a th- used a third on Kendrick Miller. They're going to have Alvin Kamara. We'll see what that suspension looks like. They have Jamal Williams. Uh, they got a bunch of tight ends now at their disposal with Foster Moreau to go with everybody's favorite gadget player of all time, Taysom Hill. They signed Jimmy Graham back. Uh, who knows what you have in Michael? I think there's enough options, but I still think Chris Olave gets that, that kind of uh, yardage. Maybe not high volume, but yardage. And then the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, rookie of the year, B. John Robinson felt like too much of low-hanging fruit, so I didn't go there. But what I did say is that Bijan Robinson will be the rushing king in 2023. He will be the NFL's rushing leader at the end of the road. Uh, I think he's in that good of a situation. I think Atlanta would be wise with everything that they have around them on the offensive line and the style of the offensive play to feature him as much as possible. So put me down, Bijan Robinson your rushing king. And you can look across some of the other projections like Josh Jacobs being the only player on his team with over hundred yards and 2000 yards from scrimmage from Derrick Henry. And you can probably read between the lines and, and, and guess what kind of rushing production I would be forecasting for B. John Robinson in that case. Another running back uh, take here with the start of the NFC West, we have San Francisco, Seattle, Los Angeles, Rams, Arizona Cardinals. The take San Francisco, Christian McCaffrey, he one-ups Jameer Gibbs, and he goes for 1,000-1,000. And he's done that in the past. He's done that once before. Obviously, in the San Francisco offense, that might raise some eyebrows. I I think you look at George Kittle kind of taking a little bit of a regression in the receiving game versus what he was a few years ago. You look at Debo Samuel being a player who – is obviously very, very versatile, but I think is probably somebody that they'd like to keep out of the backfield. And uh, McCaffrey kind of became the motor of the offense down the stretch, and it's it's what ha- helped unlock that team. So uh, I think McCaffrey ha- is going to have enough receiving volume and run here 
especially if it's Brock Purdy. I, I think, you know, playing within his strengths as a player means maybe a little bit less for the guys on the outside and a little bit more for Christian McCaffrey. Seattle, uh, I'm a little non-committal here, so I hope Joe doesn't take this one. JSN, Jackson Smith and Jig with their first round wide receiver tops either Tyler Lockett or DK Metcalf in receiving production. So I, the, the guess here is that JSN is not wide receiver three in the pecking order. I think there's going to be more opportunity for, for him because of the other guys that's going to allow him to surpass probably Lockett. Um, so I don't, I don't get the warm and fuzzies about Tyler Lockett. If you're a fantasy football player and, and Lockett's been like a super stable uh, player is like a wide receiver three wide receiver fringe wide receiver two the last several seasons. But I think Jackson Smith and Jigba is a big time threat to that. And I would not be surprised uh, if he carves himself out a very significant role right away. Another wide receiver take for the Los Angeles Rams. Crack the knuckles here. Anybody who's been a listener this past draft cycle is not surprised. Puka Nakua is wide receiver two. <laughs> you want to measure it in targets. You want to measure it in receptions. You want to measure it in yards. I don't care. When we get to the end of the rainbow, at the end of the season, Puka Nakua will be the second most productive wide receiver in the Los Angeles Rams behind Cooper Cup. Don't at me. And then the Arizona Cardinals, uh, unfortunately, this is a little bit of a uh, bummer prediction to, to play us out, uh, as Bill O'Reilly once said. Um, two games tops for the Cardinals. Two wins tops for Arizona. Obviously, you know, Kyler Murray. His status is going to have a big predictor there, but I just don't see a lot of enthusiasm for the roster plus the coaching staff plus a quarterback injury. I think that could get pretty hairy. So those are my bold predictions for the NFL's 2023 season one for each of the 32 teams. Which do you like? Which do you not? Which would you bet me on? Let me know. You can leave comments here in the YouTube section. Uh, you can find us on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. It is your teams every day here on the Locked On Network. So I appreciate you guys for tuning in for this solo jaunt for me on Locked On NFL Scouting. Come back and see us again tomorrow where Joe Marino is going to be dropping his hot takes for 2023. And then at the beginning of next week, we're going to sit down and we're going to make some bets and decide where we want to put our money. <laughs> 